0: The last full measure is a compilation of Medal of Honor stories designed to both honor the individual recipients and educate the public on their stories to ensure that such heroism is not forgotten in a grateful nation. After learning that rebels had fired on the Stars and Stripes, William Pittenger, who was described as an accurate historian and practical astronomer, Left teaching behind and joined the 2nd Regiment of Ohio Volunteers. He was determined to help suppress the great rebellion that we know as the Civil War. In the introduction to Daring and Suffering, a firsthand history of the great locomotive chase, Reverend Alexander Clark described Pittinger this way William learned to love his country about as early as he learned to love his own mother, for his first lessons were loyalty and liberty. Syllabled by a mother's lips. Even before the boy could read, he knew and outlined the history of our nation's trials and triumphs, from the days of Bunker Hill forward to the passing events of the latest newspaper chronicling. During his enlistment, Pittinger served as the Army correspondent for the Stutonville Herald, sending letters to the publication that chronicled the Battle of Bull Run and other early conflicts. He also earned praise for his heroic conduct in battle, but gallantry was not the reason Corporal Pittenger became one of the earliest recipients of the Medal of Honor. He earned that award as one of Andrew's Raiders. Chattanooga, Tennessee is tucked into a curve of the windy Tennessee River. The richly forested Cumberland Plateau and the Appalachian Mountains rise at its back. During the Civil War, it was a logistics center. Supplies traveled the Elong, Western, and Atlantic Railroad, carrying supplies and ammunition from storehouses in Atlanta to Chattanooga. The rail was also essential for troop movements. Chattanooga was a prize the Union wanted to capture. At the time, cities were typically taken by siege. Troops would encircle the city, cut off supplies, and subject the residents to artillery bombardment. Chattanooga's geography made such an approach untenable. However, Kentuckian James Andrews had a very daring strategy. Andrews was a civilian agent of the Federal Intelligence Service. His job was to spy and scout for the Union Army. In 1863, returning from a foray deep in enemy territory, he presented Major General Ormsby Mitchell with a plan. Andrews and a small team of soldiers would isolate Chattanooga by destroying bridges and tracks along the main railroad line. The soldiers would then disable Confederate communications by clipping telegraph wires that were strung along the tracks. A successful raid would give Mitchell an opportunity to capture Chattanooga, as Confederate reinforcements would be unable to travel to the city by train for days or even weeks. If Andrews was successful and Mitchell took Chattanooga, the four Union armies would control almost 300 miles of railroad from Mississippi to Tennessee. It was a tempting target with potential to deliver a strategic advantage. William Pittenger volunteered for the raid, writing, Nothing I had ever heard so fired my imagination. The idea of a few disguised men suddenly seized a train far within the enemy lines, Cutting the telegraph wires, burning bridges, and leaving the foe in helpless rage behind was the very sublimity and romance of war. Of course, I knew that any accident to the train, any premature discovery, or any failure of preconcentrated plans would mean death in its most repulsive form. But a soldier's business is to face death. Andrews Raiders did just that. Andrews, civilian William Campbell, and 20 soldiers from the 2nd, 21st, and 33rd Ohio Volunteer Infantry traveled by rail to Marietta, Georgia, 200 miles behind enemy lines. The train on which they traveled was crowded with Confederate soldiers returning from furlough. Boisterous soldiers talked about the Battle of Shiloh, which Confederates believed had been a victory for their side. As the Raiders traversed, deep into enemy territory, they dreamed of burning the very bridges they were crossing on their return trip the next day. The next morning, the Raiders boarded a train heading north from Marietta. At the first stop in Big Shanty, which was better known today as Kennesaw, the Raiders hijacked a train called the General, while the rest of the passengers and the engineer were in the Lacey Hotel eating breakfast. One of the raiders would describe the theft like this. Oh, what a thrilling moment was that. For one moment of most intense suspense, all was still, then a pull, a jar, a clang, and we were flying away on our perilous journey. There are times in the life of a man when whole years of most intense enjoyment seem condensed into a single moment. It was so for me then. It was a moment of triumphant joy that will never return again. Not a dream of failure now shadowed my rapture. All had told us that the greatest difficulty was to reach and take possession of the engine, and after that, success was certain. As the Raiders steamed north, they stopped to destroy track and telegraph wires, leaving themselves safely away from the enemy ignorant of their endeavor. Also, that was not the case. William Fuller, the General's engineer, had begun to pursue the train as soon as it was stolen. The top speed for a wood-powered steam engine was 15 to 20 miles an hour, and the general had to keep its schedule to avoid suspicion. Within a few hours, the raiders were in full retreat, pursued by Fuller and soldiers he collected along the way. To complicate matters, a heavy rain began to fall, saturating the wooden bridges that the raiders had hoped to burn. With great effort, they were able to set one boxcar afire. The general steamed onto a large, well-covered bridge near Chickamauga, and the raiders decoupled the flaming boxcar, hoping it would burn the bridge and give them time to resupply. The general with the wood and water necessary to continue their escape. The enemy was too close. As the train steamed off the bridge, The raiders saw the smoke and had heard the whistle of the pursuing train. The enemy pushed the fiery boxcar into the rain and left it smoldering on a side rail. The raid that could have changed the course of the war ended as the raiders scattered in hostile territory. The author of Daring and Suffering wrote, Then was organized the most stupendous manhunt that had ever taken place in the South. Horsemen hurried at full speed along every road and proclaimed the news as they went. Each planter, with his dependents for at least 50 miles in each direction, took his bloodhounds and scored the woods. Every crossroad, every river, ford, or ferry was at once picketed by bodies of cavalry. Large rewards were offered, and thousands of soldiers pursued us. In addition, the Universal Uprising of the Citizens. Within weeks, the Raiders were all captured. Eight, including civilians Andrews and Campbell, were hung as spies. Eight others escaped in an October prison break, and the rest returned home through a prisoner exchange that following March. The Medal of Honor was conceived during the Civil War, and the first six were awarded to members of Andrews Raiders. Civilians Andrews and Campbell were not eligible for the medal. Corporal William Pinger received his Medal of Honor and went on to document the history of Andrews Raiders in his book, Daring and Suffering. Following content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WealthVest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthVest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any of the sites listed or linked to any of the content.